Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Tomothy from C4C Apologetics. Yes, today my name is Tomothy, and there's a little inside joke to that. If you're curious, ask me. Uh, otherwise, I'm Tomothy for today, okay? Just deal with it. Yeah, that's what you got to do, deal with it. So, like the video title says, I'm glad that you joined me. Well, that's not what the video title says. What the title says is, what does Romans 10, 9, and 10 not say? What is this passage not saying? I think this passage is one that's used very often within regards to general evangelism and a, a calling for people to trust in Jesus Christ for eternal life. But is that really what this passage is saying? In this video, we're going to look at why it is not this general evangelistic calling. And then in a second video, we're going to actually look at what is this actually saying according to Paul, according to God, with the audience that it's written to during the time that they're going through. What does it have to do with anything? And so let's get to it. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. I'm using the King James Bible, so I'm going to open up right here and get to it. And we read in scripture that it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now there's a lot of well-meaning people, evangelists and preachers, teachers and just regular folks like you and I that go ahead and, and we want to look at that verse as a general evangelistic call. Say if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that you will be saved. But that's not actually what this passage is talking about. This passage is not written for a general evangelistic call to all the world, to whosoever will. What is this actually saying? We're going to have to tune in next week. But what I want to go ahead and do is tell you three main reasons why this is not saying what most people believe. First and foremost, we got to realize the fact that if we say that confession, verbal confession is required for salvation. Yep. We just added a work to salvation. And we know according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, 9, for it is by grace you are saved through faith. This is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If we truly believe that the gift of eternal life is a free gift with no strings attached, no fine print, no fine details, we don't need a lawyer to look over the contract to make sure no hidden messages are in there. If we really believe it's a free gift, then we'll realize that verbal confession is a work. And that would mean that the free gift is no longer a free gift, but a not a gift at all. It's a wage, is a debt. According to Romans chapter 4, Paul uses Abraham as illustration. So first, right off the bat, if we say verbal confession is required for eternal life, we've added a work and that confession is no different than if we say baptism is required for salvation or attending church every single Sunday is required for salvation. Or if it's making videos and calling yourself Timothy is required for they are all works. And so first, right off the bat. Eternal life is a free gift of God to those who believe. Verbal confession makes it a work, and that's why this, in this dispensation, does not say you have to confess to receive eternal life. Second reason we could look is just from logic and reason, okay? Just using our brains. If there's uh, anybody that's antagonistic to the Christian faith and they're like, okay, you say you have to verbally declare and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord in order to be saved, then if I don't want you to be saved, I can just cut your tongue out. And so with no tongue, no one can verbally declare or confess anything. 
And so if we run around and cutting everybody's tongues out, and I don't recommend it, but if we run around and cut everybody's tongues out, no one can get saved according to the logic. But then what about the deaf? We have a missionary we support here at Open Door Baptist Church over in Zambia. He has a missionary. He has a ministry to the deaf people over there. A lot of times deaf people, they can't really speak or they can't speak well. Would the deaf not be able to receive eternal life? Or what about the mute? The people that actually cannot speak. They have their tongue, but they just can't speak. They don't have the vocal cords. They don't have whatever the case is. Are they not worthy of eternal life? Even logic and reason reveals the fact that the understanding of confession required for salvation, uh, even logic and reason points to the fact that that is not accurate understanding of that passage. And so the third reason why Romans 10, 9, and 10 is not this general call for evangelism to whosoever will is the fact that in John chapter 12, verse number 42, we get a clear example of people that actually believe on Jesus Christ. They're saved, but they do not confess him. In John chapter 12, verse number 42, we read that nevertheless, among the chief rulers also, many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him lest they should be put out of the synagogue. When you look in the Greek, the Greek is the same Greek word, homologeo, which is used in Romans chapter 10, that if you confess with your mouth. And so here in John chapter 12, we get a clear record, a clear testimony from God that there are people that believe on Jesus Christ, but they didn't confess him because they were afraid of being kicked out of the synagogue. It doesn't mean they didn't receive eternal life. It just means they were cowarding in their faith. They were hiding their faith. And eventually, hopefully, they got over that and they grew spiritually mature and they were able to boldly declare their faith. But at least in that moment in time in history, when they believed, they kept it to themselves. They didn't confess. And so I'll take scripture's word where God says these people believed, but they did not confess. And so Romans 10, 9 and 10, then if you uh, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that you'll be saved. That does not mean that verbal confession is required to receive eternal life. Number one, it's no different from baptism or calling yourself Timothy or going to church every single week required for salvation. Then also we looked at the fact that confession requires a verbal capacity, a verbal capability. And then if that was the case, what about the deaf, the mute or those without? tongues. And then finally, we saw the fact that scripture does clearly record people that did believe, but they did not confess. It says they believed and they received eternal life, but they did not confess. That's why Romans 10, 9 and 10 in this dispensation in this age does not mean what most people think it means. Now, next video, we're going to look at what does Romans 10, 9 and 10 actually mean? What is it actually saying? And what we're going to realize is there's going to be a select group of people that will have a requirement to confess Jesus because we have to realize Romans chapter 9 and Romans chapter 11, the bookend that this chapter 10 falls in. And it has everything to do with the Jewish people in the end times. So that's it. And uh, like, comment, share, subscribe, do whatever. Tell me how much I'm wrong. Things like that. I love reading all the comments. Until next time, thanks for checking out. God bless.